Welcome to another episode of Focus Points, where we ask one simple question. What do we need to know in order to profit more from reading this book of the Bible? Let's look at another book of the Bible together so that we can better know our God and His Word. Today we're going to be looking at three of the minor prophets together, Joel, Obadiah, and Zephaniah. And we're looking at these particular minor prophets together because they all have a central theme, and that is the theme of the day of the Lord. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to split our uh, podcast time into two parts. The first part is talking about the day of the Lord, what does it mean, what is its significance, and then just a brief overview of this message as well as some of the key verses within each of these three minor prophets. So what does the day of the Lord mean? The day of the Lord refers to the time of God's victory. It is a day of reckoning in which God calls men to give an account for their actions and their choices before dealing with them according to their actions. It is it's judgment day, and you can cue the music, bum, 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 because so often it really does involve judgment. So he judges the wicked, and this judgment isn't based on their ethnicity or anything else except that they have broken God's law. But it's not just a day of judgment. It also can be a day of deliverance, and he delivers the godly. So he separates the two, and he deals with them accordingly. So God uses the day of the Lord uh, to describe two different types of events, all right? One is limited, it's limited in its scope, and one is universal. Let me explain what I mean by that. A limited day of the Lord describes any time which God calls a people into account, all right? So the day of the Lord in the book of Obadiah is specifically about Edom, and it has already happened. The day of the Lord in Zephaniah uh, is about Judah, and that has already happened. These limited days of the Lord have occurred throughout history, these times when God has gained victory over wickedness and those oppressing the godly. But there's also this universal day of the Lord, and that describes the final time when he is going to call into account all who are rebel in rebellion against him. We can read about this in Revelation 20, uh, verses 8 and following, as well as in many of these Old Testament passages. And the universal day of the Lord has yet to occur. So that's what the day of the Lord is, but what is its significance? Well, if, if we are reading about one of those limited days of the Lord, every time we see God fulfill his promise and judge the wicked but deliver the godly, it gives us a greater assurance that that universal day of the Lord will come, and then we need to decide how we ought to be living in light of that fact. And so that's the day of the Lord. It's the time of God's victory. He judges the wicked, and he delivers the godly. When we get to the book of Joel, the book of Joel has a simple theme or simple message, and that is the day of the Lord brings judgment and hope. And so what is our response to the day of the Lord? Joel chapter 2 verse 11 starts us off on that, and let me just read a few of these verses, all right? It says, the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can abide it? Therefore also now saith the Lord, 
Turn or repent ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments and turn or repent unto the Lord your God for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of evil. In other words, shows compassion in his backing away from the calamities that he intended to bring. Who knows if he will return and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering and a drink offering unto the Lord your God. What does this tell us? It means that even though the day of the Lord is certain, all right, he will judge the wicked. There is a call. Every time we hear the day of the Lord, there is a call for people to repent. And God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger. And he will forgive when people turn to him. That's why Joel has the message, the day of the Lord brings judgment and hope. And now we get to Obadiah. Obadiah, a very short book of the Bible. And Obadiah's theme is, the day of the Lord will destroy the wicked nations. All right, that's really what it is. It's not filled with a whole lot of hope for those wicked nations. It just says you are going to be destroyed. Specifically, Edom, uh, one of Israel's enemies, was going to be destroyed for her sins against God's people. And the key verse there is Obadiah 21. The kingdom shall be the Lord's. At the end of the day of the Lord, at the end of all time, God is going to possess all the kingdom that is rightfully his, which is everything. And so even in his destruction of the wicked nations, there is still hope that we have for the future. And then we get to Zephaniah. And Zephaniah has a theme, the day of the Lord will cast down the wicked and exalt the humble who seek God. So be ready. You say, well, that's kind of a mouthful. I know, but it's a time when God's going to cast down the wicked, but the humble are exalted. And so the application is be ready. Make sure you are the humble one who's seeking God so you are exalted and not cast away. And unlike Obadiah or also uh, Joel, we actually know a little bit about Zephaniah's background. He wasn't necessarily from the prophetic schools that some of these other men might have come from. He was actually the great-grandson of the godly king Hezekiah. Uh, We find that out in Zephaniah 1.1. And it's interesting because one of the things that God uses Zephaniah to do is to call out the royals and the rich people for their social sins. They are breaking God's law and sinning against those who are less fortunate. And so here you have somebody who would have been attending the same parties, would have been attending the same assemblies before the king, would have had royal blood in himself, and he is calling out his own social circle uh, for these sins. And one of the key verses is in Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 18, "...neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them in the day of the Lord's wrath." Nothing that you can amass, no power, no wealth on earth is ultimately going to help you when you stand in judge when you stand before God in judgment. And then another key verse, Zephaniah 2, verse 3 says, Seek ye the Lord, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment. Seek righteousness, seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of the Lord's anger. In other words, humbly seek God, and he's going to exalt you. Then the last key verse, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 20. At that time I will bring you again, even into the time that I gather you. For I will make you a name and praise among all the people of the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. So even while there is this casting out of the wicked, there's also this hope that the humble who seek God have. And the application is 
be ready for this coming day of judgment. And so overall, how are we as believers supposed to respond to these limited days of the Lord as we look back to see what God has already done in judgment and deliverance, and as we look towards the future and we see that ultimate or universal day of the Lord that Revelation talks about? Well, I think our application comes from 2 Peter chapter 3. In 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter is addressing people who look at God's patience and refusal to judge right away as somehow a lack of faithfulness. And so if you are the wicked, if you are the sinner or the lost, how do you respond to the day of the Lord? Do not mistake God's merciful patience for his unfaithfulness to his promise to to judge. Don't make that error. Other people have made that error. They were not ready, but God's day of judgment is going to come. So search scripture and see what do you need to do? How should you repent? And then to the believer uh, later on in that same passage in 2 Peter chapter 3, how ought we to live seeing that everything that God has promised is going to come to pass? We must live a godly life in light of God's sure coming. When we come to prophecy, and we're going to get to a lot of it as we're reading through the Minor Prophets, and especially later on uh, in uh, November and December when we get to Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation back-to-back, all back-to-back, how are we supposed to respond to all of this prophecy? Prophecy was always intended to change what we do here and now. And so as we look to the day of the Lord and as we have hope as believers, as we see that he is going to rule all things and all the wickedness will be judged, we ought to live a godly life. We ought to pursue his image and try to copy what he, what he commands us to copy of him. His love, his, his righteousness, his justice, his patience, his long sufferings. This is how we as believers ought to be responding to the day of the Lord. And so I know that the minor prophets aren't necessarily everyone's favorite. Okay, perhaps they are no one's favorite. But there are so many good truths that are applicable to New Testament believers if you just dig into them. And one of the ones that we have Joel, Obadiah, and Zephaniah teaching us about is this day of the Lord. Will you be ready for it? May God bless us as we read through these books together this year.